Praise God. Praise God. If you want to grab your Bibles this morning, we are going to open up to the book of Psalms. We're going to go to the 96th chapter in Psalms. I love the book of Psalms because it just feels as if no matter what situations you are going through, no matter where you are in life, you can turn somewhere in Psalms and you can uh, relate. You can find something that relates to your situation. We have so many of these Psalms that are that are sung and we we still sing them today. And I, I love I love the the songs that we sing today that incorporate these these scriptures and this one is is one of those that I just love to sing myself. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 96. It's begin in verse number one here today. So it says, Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and he is greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all the, all the other gods. For all the gods of the nations are just idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him, strength and Beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O you kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also Shall he shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful in all that is therein. And then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice. Before the Lord, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. And he shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Amen. This is a song of praise. This is a, a psalm that, that is, is written here, uh, we, we suppose, by the psalmist David. And it is certainly one of, of praise and of a declaration of praise to our God. And I believe that God is great. Amen. God is great. And because of his greatness, he is greatly to be praised. I love the, the way that he starts this song where he says, Sing unto the Lord a new song. You know, every once in a while here, uh, we will introduce a new song and uh, we will begin to sing a new song that is maybe unfamiliar to you. And, and we sing those songs and I, I love uh, you know, learning a new song and kind of getting that, uh, if you're like me, sometimes, even if it's not one just here at the church, we get a new song and, and you kind of put it on repeat and, and you start to, to listen to that song over and over and it just gets down in your heart and it's just something that is just playing over in your mind throughout the week and it's, it's something, just a new way to 
to give God praise or a new way to, to think about, you know, how I'm worshiping God. And this, this new song that David is talking about incorporates that type of thing. But I believe he's not just talking about a new song that could be introduced to a congregation. It's not just a new song that one would write and begin to sing. It's a new song. Is, it's not simply a piece that's newly composed, but rather it's a response that will match the freshness of God's mercies. His mercies are new every morning. And every morning that we wake up, God has, has a brand new uh, mercy that He is extending to us. That every day, God is fresh. Every day that we wake up, we can encounter God in a brand new way. And as we encounter God in a brand new way, there ought to be a song in my heart that says, All right, God, I thank you for meeting me again today. And, and I just want to worship you with some fresh worship. I'm not going to live on yesterday's worship. I'm not going to live on the praise from five years ago. I'm going to give brand new praise. I'm going to sing a new song to you today because you are great and you are greatly to be praised. And every day, God, you are great. I love to, to think about the, the praise that we sing and sometimes or the, the praise that uh, we, we encounter here in this the sanctuary when we come together and, and we sing songs and man I, I just love it when we uh, when we have people that respond to the worship. There's something about it, it gets me excited. Uh, there was, it was a long time ago that I, I decided for myself that it doesn't matter what other people do, I'm gonna give God praise. I'm gonna I'm gonna worship, I'm gonna be a worshiper. It doesn't matter if others aren't worshiping. I'm, I'm going to, to lift up my hands. I'm going to sing, sing the song as loud as I can or as, at least with as much, uh, much uh, from the, the depths of me as I can. And I'm going to begin to give God the praise that he is worthy of. There's nothing listless. There's nothing introverted, uh, nothing that's nothing stale, that, that is befitting of the praise that God actually deserves. He deserves a fresh praise. He deserves something that from within us that we exalt His name. We exalt His name together. If you see, if you come in, in, into this place and, and you're new and you wonder, you know, what, what is the deal all these people lifting up their hands. What's the deal with, with people that may even get up and they, they dance around a little bit? What's the deal with somebody that gets so excited? Well, you don't know what God did for me. You don't know my story. And you don't know, come on, you don't know what God did for that person, what he has set them free from. And even if God hasn't done anything for you for a long time, he did something that nobody else would ever do. When he came down and he put himself on a cross and he gave himself for my sins. Come on, that's the only thing that God ever really has to do for me to give him praise for the rest of my life. Because he died for my sins and that's enough. That's enough. He doesn't have to bless me with any kind of material goods. He doesn't have to heal me of any disease. He already healed me from the disease of sin. And that's enough for me to give him a fresh praise every day. Amen. God, 
deserves a new song to be sung. Amen. I love, as we, as we read through this, this psalm here, that we see so many different ways of worship that are expressed. Verse, verses 3 and 4 says to declare his glory among the heathen, his, his wonders among all the people. For the Lord is great. He is greatly to be praised. And I believe that God's greatness deserves worship in, in all these various forms. And we see them listed here in this, this 96th Psalm. It talks about the song that we might sing. It talks about blessing and uh, praise that, that we would give to God. In verse 2, it talks about a declaration that we would make. And, and sometimes that's, that's what it has to be. You, you may not, you may not uh, see it in front of you, but by faith you declare, God is great. God is good. I declare it today. I declare it in the midst of my situation that it doesn't matter what I see in front of me. I declare that God is still good and God is still worthy of praise. We see that we can give God praise by our reverent fear. The fear of the Lord is praise. Putting God in, the, in a proper perspective of, of who he is and understanding that God, I put myself in, uh, I bow myself down to you, God, and, and, I, and I worship you, Lord, for you are great, and I, I fear you, God. I, it's not a, a fear to be afraid, but God, I, I, want to, I want to honor you, and I want to please you, and so we come to him in reverent fear, and that reverent fear is a, is a form of worship. It's a form of praise. We see in verses 6 through 8 where it's it's ascribing glory and honor to God, and, and we, we, we lift him up through the things that we do, the things that we say, and, and, and the way that we live. Every area of our life, uh, we, we can bring God glory, and we can bring God honor. I think one of the greatest things that we can do to give God praise and to uh, bring glory to him is to share our testimony. Tell others about the great things that God has done. Don't be, don't be afraid to tell God of, of what he is doing in your life and, and, how, and how you have peace today because you have God. That's bringing God glory. You know, we've had some, we've had some incredible miracles that have taken place here, uh, here at New Life lately. And, and when you tell somebody else about that, that gives God glory. That, te that tells somebody else, look what God's done. It's not, it's not my church. It's not, it's not the preacher. It, it wasn't me. It, wasn't, it was God. And God, come on, look what he is doing. God is great. You can give him glory and you can bring honor to God by sharing, sharing with others what God is doing in your life. Bringing an offering, we see in verse 8, he, he describes uh, one Worshiping God by bringing an offering into the temple, and and that offering, that sacrifice, is uh, is is a worship. It's a praise to God. We could dive deep into each and every one of these. I'm not not going to uh, today, but we we worship God with the offerings and the sacrifices that we make. That's a form of worship that we give to God. It says in verse nine that we worship the Lord in the beauty. Of holiness. In the beauty of holiness, we give praise and we give worship 
to our creator. We give worship to him. Now, what is holiness? Holiness is, is the separation from the world. It's a dedication to God. It's separating from, from the things that, uh, that are sinful. And it's, it's uh, dedicating ourselves to God and to, uh, to, a ref to reflect him in all of who he is. That's what holiness is. It's, a, it's becoming a reflection of God. We worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, the reasons for our worship that we were, uh, we were just looking at the, the various forms of worship, but I believe that the, the reasons for our worship are equally comprehensive in this psalm. That's why I, I love this. He, he describes so many different reasons that we would worship God in, this, in these ways. We see in verse 2, it's for the salvation that he brings to us. God, save me. It's because of the glory of who he is. There, God is a glorious God. It's, it's for his wondrous deeds and, and the things that God has done for us, the, the wonders, the miracles, the, the things that God would do. Are, uh, he deserves worship. He deserves praise for those things. It's because God is great. His greatness ought to evoke something within us that would come out as we worship him. It is because of his creative power. He's the one who created the heavens and the earth. He is the one who, is, uh, who has honor. He's, he's deserving of honor and he is, uh, has splendor. Uh, God, is, uh, God is majestic. He, is, uh, he has strength. In verse 7 it talks about the strength of God. There's nothing that God cannot do. God is not weak in any area of, uh, of our needs. God is able to supply every need that we would have. We talked about the holiness and the way that we worship God through our holiness. But God is deserving of praise and worship because He is holy. God, there is none like you. You are completely set apart from all of creation, from anything else, God. You, there is nothing like you, God. You are completely holy, and for that, God, we worship you. We give you praise. We, we give God praise for his sovereignty, that God reigns over all the earth. We give God praise uh, because in this unjust, corrupt world, there is one who is right. You know, all around us, we can see, uh, we can see things that um, are, are are not done justly, and, and but but when we when it comes to God, God is always a righteous judge. God is always a righteous. Uh, God always has righteousness in in the way that He would act uh, act toward man, and and at the end of of time, God is. Uh, going to have, uh, he's going to play that role of judge, the final judge, and and he will judge righteously, rightly. God will judge, Amen. And as we look just a little deeper into this psalm, we, and, you, and you see the the way that it's constructed, we find that he's he's talking about the way that that we worship. I sing unto the Lord a new song and. He's talking about the ways he's, he's instructing us. Bless his name. Bring forth 
bring forth the, or, you know, declare his glory and his honor. And I want you to, 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 to give all these things to God. But then in verse 11, the psalmist, as he's, as he's bringing out all these ways that we worship him. In verse 11, he shifts not just to what humans do to worship God, but he, he begins to look around and it's, uh, it's as if bursting all around him, he, he points out the fact that the heavens rejoice. The heavens, as you look to them, are giving God praise. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar. Let the in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful in all that is therein. The, the trees and the wood rejoice. He's talking. He's like. It's like this isn't just about us. You know, I, I, when you look at it, you put things into perspective. Everything worships God. Everything has to worship God, except for us. We're the ones that have a choice. All of God's creation points to his majesty, points to his greatness. Everything that's out there is giving God praise. The, the twinkle in the star is giving God praise. The, the waving of the, the trees and the wind is, is giving God praise. All of this, the, even the rocks that are there, and, and they're just, just laying there. But, but when you look at a rock, you can see beauty even within the rock. And all of that gives God praise. The earth, the, the fullness of everything, all of this gives God praise. But we, we have the choice of whether or not we want to worship him. See, but, but he, he's, he's, the psalmist here, he's pointing to us and saying, let's, come on, let's worship God. Let's give God praise. He's great. He, do I need to remind you again of what God has done for you? And do I need to remind you again of who God is? Because all of creation doesn't need a reminder. All of creation worships God. And as you begin to look at the way that creation is giving God praise, as creation is singing out this, this worship to God, this, this new song every day, the only fitting response for us is that we would join in with all of creation. The only fitting response for me in that moment is to say, here I am, and I give you worship as well, right alongside of all of your creation. God, I give you praise. God, I worship you. You know, it's Jesus in Luke chapter 19 that we see him talking about this creation, giving God praise. Let's go to verse 37 of Luke chapter 19. Is when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all of the mighty works that they had seen. They were saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. They're declaring this to Jesus. Now, some of the Pharisees that were there, they, they said to him, Master, rebuke your disciples. They're, they're giving you worship that is, is worship that should only be reserved for God. Jesus answered them and he said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, then the stones would immediately cry out. 
If they're going to hold their peace, if, if you want them to, to be quiet, I'm telling you that the, the, the things around you, all of creation around you is still going to point to, to the worship of me, that the, uh, the Jesus Christ is the one that deserves our worship. And, you know, for me today, I don't want any rock to take my place. I know it's kind of become a, uh, a theme for, for some. There's no rock that's going to take my place. I'm going to give God worship. You can't shut me up. You can't, you can't tie my hands down. You, there's nothing you can do that's going to stop me. I'm going to give God praise. No rock is going to take my place. Now, I believe that when we look at worship, I'm going to bring this, this home to us today and, and where we are at. Because when we look at worship, the reality is that we all worship something. If you today are saying, I, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a worshiper. I'm not a, I'm not somebody that's going to like juke and jive with everybody else here in the, when we get into church. And I'm not the one that's going to stand up and, and wave my hands everywhere. Well, you may not be. And that's, it's, it's okay. And. Some areas where, where you may not be as exuberant as the person next to you. But when you really look at worship, it's not just about the juking and the jiving and dancing. It's not just about the songs that we sing. Worship is our response to the things that we value the most. It's ascribing value to something. In fact, that English word worship if you trace it back to the, the origins of that English word, uh, it, it comes from a word that was worth-ship. They had a, a TH that was taken out of there. At, uh, I guess just a T that was, uh, no, TH after the R that was, was taken out of there at, uh, some, some time along, uh, along the path. And, but, but when you go back to that, it, it, it is, it's describing the worth. It's, it's, it's describing, you know, this thing that I want to worship, the one that I want to bring praise to, it's, it's worth my praise. It's our response to the things that we value. See, whatever you worship becomes an obsession. Whatever I become obsessed with, I imitate. And whatever I imitate, I become. And we have been called to become like Christ. It says put on Christ. Put on Christ. I want you to, to be, and we were made as the image, in the image of God. And that's what worship does. Is it brings us into a proper alignment with God. And it, it puts us in a place where we say, God, you're worth my effort. God, you are worth me denying my own desires, denying my own things that, that I want to do. And instead, I'm going to, to come under the fear of the Lord and to honor you with my whole heart. See, because when you come in here, you can, you can sing praises and you can lift your hands and you can dance. But if you go out on Monday morning and you don't live in a, in a way that brings honor to God, all of that in here 
isn't really worship. All of that in here, it's not really, uh, it's not really a response of, of who we value. Now, I, one thing that I, I've, uh, at times, somebody comes in and they're, they're like, man, I've had a, a week. They may not say this out loud, but maybe you've had a week where, where you made some mistakes and you, 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 you fell into sin and, and you come in and it's like, man, I'm just going to sit here because, because I'm, I'm a hypocrite if I raise my hands and I worship God. I'm a hypocrite if I, if I were to come and, and act like everything's okay. Well, here's, here's my response to that. Let's come to God and say, this past week is behind me. And God, from this day forward, God, I repent. God, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to stop doing what I did. And God, I'm going to give you praise. It's, it's not out of hypocrisy. It's not out, of, it's not out of, a, of a place in my heart that says that, God, what I just did and all the things in my past are okay. But God, from this day forward, I want to give you praise. Now, if you get in the cycle and you keep doing that over and over, that's not going to be a good thing. But when you come in, into a place where you say, God, in my present state of where I am, God, I still declare that you are good, God, and from this day forward, I'm going to worship you. Come on, there's something inside of you that begins to turn around and it's saying, God, I want, I want to be obsessed with you. God, I want the things that you desire to be the things that I desire, and I want to imitate who you are, and I want to become like you. There's a, there's a, a pastor out in, in California, is uh, Jack Hayford, and I, I love what he said. He said, worship Changes the worshiper into the image of the one worshiped. Worship changes the worshiper into the image of the one that is worshiped. Now that can that can uh, encompass more than just if we are worshiping God, because if you were to worship, if you were to worship Kentucky basketball, or if you were to worship the Indianapolis Colts, or you were to worship some other thing that's out there, then and, and that's the thing that gets all of your attention. You, you start to see that a little bit, right? There's there's some people that uh, they may they may paint their face all up. They they put on the garments of the one that they worship. They become a fan. What's a fan? A fan is short for fanatic. You become a fanatic for the one that, or for the for the team that you are rooting for. And I'm not, I'm not one that's that's against all sports and rooting for a sports team. But but when that becomes the thing that consumes all of who you are, you see how you begin to transform into the thing that you worship. When that becomes, you know, everything in your life is wrapped up in that. You become changed by it. The same ought to be true of, of, of how we worship God. When I become a fanatic for Jesus Christ, I want my 
my appearance to change. I want my attitude to change. I want my schedule to change. You know that somebody who's a true fan of a sports team, their schedule changes based on based on when those games are being played, and they want to be there, and and they want to be at every Notre Dame football game, or they want to be there at uh, you know at every every time that their their team is playing. They're not going to miss a game, and the, the same ought to be true of us. That I am a fan of Jesus Christ. I'm a fanatic for Jesus and I want to be there. Come on, wherever he's at, I want to be there with him because I'm obsessed with him and I want to imitate him. Now, in Mark chapter 12, we see Jesus again talking about about the way that we worship and we can go in verse 28 of Mark chapter 12. It says that one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? They're, they're trying to trip Jesus up, trying to rank, get him to rank all the commandments, and, and they could have some kind of a comeback against him. For well, why, why would you say that that's more important than this? But here's Jesus' Jesus's answer. He says that the first of all the commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. To the Shema, this is, every Jew would have known that this, above all, was the most important thing that they had to learn. And the Lord our God is one Lord. Then he goes on, and he says that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all of your strength, this is the first commandment. Love God with your all, with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, everything that is in you, let's worship God. Everything that we have, let's give God worship. I just want to look at three different areas of our life that we can, in which we can worship God. First, is that God wants us to worship Him with our affections. What are the affections? The affections are the things that we care about. You're affectionate towards the one that you love. The, you're, you're affectionate towards the things that, uh, you know, they just have a, a soft place in, in your heart. And, and the, the things that, that we have that, uh, that we, uh, we praise, are, those are the places of our affections. Our affections are the way that we show others that we love them. My wife, her, her birthday, I uh, didn't just act like it was just any other day. Although sometimes, uh, men, we, we might forget and, and you get in trouble for that if you do forget and you act like it's any other day. Because they want to be shown some affection. And 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 so I, I would go and, and, and I got got a gift from my wife and and showed her through uh, through a, a an ice machine that she was wanting that uh, has that sonic ice of the year we have that that really soft pellet ice and and we found one of those on eBay I got that and show her that I love her in her language of not just gifts but of the gifts that she had wanted for 
I don't know, forever. And she has desired that kind of, uh, that kind of thing that she could have access to all the time. But God is the same way. He, is, he desires us to show him how we love him. He does desire our affection. He does ask us, you know, what do you have to give me? What is it that, that you can do to, to show me your praise, to show me that you love me? And we could, we could go into so many different areas in this, but I want to just turn to Psalm chapter 150, because this is one area that we go to that we certainly see the affections that are being lifted up and, and praised to praise to God. Psalm chapter 150. The song of praise here. It says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and with the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel in the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and the organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You know, if it wouldn't have been for that last verse there, you might have thought, well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay because there's none of this stuff that I'm very skilled in. I'm not one that can pick up a harp and, and play a nice tune on a harp. I'm not one that's a drummer. I can't sit behind the drums and, and play some nice tune and keep a, keep a good beat. I'm not somebody who can play on the organ and all the, these different instruments. And, and yet, he says in this, if you have breath, sing out his praise. If you have breath, come on, let's sing God, let, let's give him praise and, and, and just, just whatever you have to give. And it doesn't even say it has to be pretty. It doesn't even say you have to carry a good tune. But let's just give God praise. Let's sing praise. Let's give him the affection that he is worthy of. I love there's a, there is a, uh, a sign. You've probably heard this before. But there's a, a sign in North, uh, in North Carolina at the Marine Corps Air Station in New River. That right outside of there, they have this sign that says, pardon our noise is the sound of freedom. They put this sign up at their entrance of this, uh, this Marine Corps air base because, uh, because the jets that were flying over and it was, uh, they were getting some noise complaints from some of the residents around them. And uh, in that, uh, they, they put this sign up to let them know, hey, the reason that you're hearing these sounds is because you have freedom. You have freedom today. Now, I think that that ought to be our, uh, our motto as well. That there's some times that I have to let out some noise. There's some times that, that in order to show my affection to God, I want to just get loud. And I want to tell him, God, you're worthy of the praise. God, you're worthy of, it, of everything that I can give you. And part of the noise, but I am free. He set me free. He set me free. He died on a cross for me. He gave me a brand new life to live. 
live. And I may get loud, but you're just part of the noise because God, he declared me when I was a sinner that I'll, he has covered my sins with his blood and I have been set free. It's part of the noise, but it's the sound of freedom. Amen. It's not just in our affections that we praise God, but I believe that God wants us to worship him with our attention. He tells us in that verse that, that, uh, that we read in Mark that we worship him, uh, we, or we give God praise and love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. The things that we put our attention on gives God worship. Remember, you worship is really the things that it's our response to what you value the most. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, you would, you would recognize the verse if, in the King James, but I just want to read it here in the message version. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Where do you put your attention? Fix your attention on God. And from the inside out, there begins to be a change. You worship God. You worship God through where you put your attention. Amen. Let's go to this last point here that God wants us to worship Him with our abilities. You have something to give to God. You have abilities and you have things that you can offer God. And, and, and I believe that we worship Him with our time, our talent, our resources, all these different things in our life. And, and in Hebrews chapter 13, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, we read that by Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. But to do good, look at that, to do good. And to communicate, that means to testify, to tell others of what God has done for us. To do good and to tell others about what God has done. Forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. What is it that you have to give to God? You know, we have, we have different areas in our, in our church that uh, while you're here in the, in the building that you can get involved in, in, in different ministry uh, areas, and, but ministry goes way, way beyond the building, and we can, we can give God praise to just whatever it is that we have to give to others. How can you serve somebody else? How can you give to others? What is it that you have to give? What abilities do you have? Do you open up your home and invite somebody in just for fellowship, somebody that needs it? What abilities do you have to give to others? Now I want to wrap this up here today with just this. Let's look at a few kings. A few kings that you would recognize and, and the way that they worship their God. You see, in the ancient world, usually if a king established or, or promoted the worship of a particular national deity, the reason that he was doing that was because he wanted to cement his place in his, his, in his kingdom as being the, the great one. 
you have uh, that, a picture that you could put up here of some of these ancient gods, and you have this Babylonian god of, of Marduk, and uh, this Nebuchadnezzar, he, this was a, a god that uh, he went and he told the, the, the people in Babylon that he went and he recaptured this god, and he brought them, he brought this god back to them, and that Marduk could now uh, help the Babylonians, but he, he did it, and he was telling this about how he was the one that recaptured this God so that he could submit himself as the one that was important. Darius did the same thing over Darius the king of the, the Persians. He did the same thing with Ahura Mazda that he, uh, he brought this God and he had this whole story of how he brought that God back. We see the, uh, the, the ancient pharaohs that uh, they themselves declared themselves to be gods. That it wasn't just that they captured another God, but they... Uh, became a god themselves. And they, all of these ancient uh, kings, they were doing this and, and bringing these gods uh, under subjection uh, or bringing them to their people uh, in order to lift themselves up. But in contrast to that, we see another king. David had a different approach. See, the day that David came and he, he left the cave and he took up the crown, when that day came, David went out to recover the Ark of the Covenant. This was the symbol of God's presence. He would go and he would bring that Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And, and you might expect him to walk through those gates in royal robes and to tell them, Hey, look what I did. Look, what, look who I am. I recaptured the symbol that is the presence of the God that we serve. I've recaptured it, and look who I am. But David did no such thing. Instead, we see David strip himself of his royal robes. And he begins to dance in the street in front of that ark as it's coming and it's making its way back into the city. And David, it says through the eyes of one of his wives, Michal, that's, that, that she looks at him. She says, what a foolish man he is. He didn't care what others thought. He didn't care. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about bringing the praise to him or the glory to him. He was bringing God back, to bring the presence of God back. But he wanted all the attention to be on God. And so here he is. He begins to dance, stripping himself of his royal robes. And he says, come on, let's all praise God together. Let's all give him praise for God is here among us. Come on, let us do the same thing here today. Let us not to bring the attention to me. It's not to lift myself up when I give God praise, but I want to give God all the praise for he is worthy of it all. Come on, he is worthy of our praise. What a lesson that is for us here today that we can worship him in the beauty of holiness and the beauty of, of all these, the, the affection that we would give him, but let's give God praise and let's put the attention back on him. Amen. Can we stand in this place? We're going to, we're going to uh, uh, close this year today with a song and, and I just want us to join in with the, with the time of, of lifting our hands and saying God you are worthy of it all God you are worthy of all the praise God you are worthy of everything that I could give you there's no rock that's going to take my place here today 
There's no rock that's going to cry out in my place, God. With my lips and with my, with my arms laying, uh, lifted up, God, I'm going to give you all the praise that you're worthy of. Come on, would you just sing here today?